Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, we're going to continue on. Welcome those of you online once again, and everybody in the room. It is Palm Sunday. It is exciting to be in church and to relive those moments where the presence of Jesus began to manifest himself and just that whole, that whole different side, that whole different facet of seeing our God fight for his people and fight for his house. That happened on Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago. Today our message is we continue our series. We've been talking about open heavens and strengthening your identity in Christ in a series called Wild Waters. And uh, today's message is called Open Heavens. 1996, what you just heard there, Pastor Lindsay doesn't like it because it's a, it reminds him of, uh, he thinks it's cringy now after all these years, but that's a song that Pastor Lindsay wrote with Wilma Weeby years ago. In 1996, it was our first live worship recording called The Heavens Are Opening Now. And in that uh, moment, as we recorded that first time, Pastor Lindsay just left open a spot for kind of a prophetic flow, if God wanted to say something, do something. And so we left this spot open and nobody knew what was gonna happen. And um, the Lord just dropped a scripture at, at that moment. I had my, you know, my Bible. You, you remember what a Bible is? Remember, the, remember the, the leather one, you know, the print? You know, it's all in my iPad now, but I still use my leather bound Bible and see the print. I love that. I still have a lot of markings and stuff. But anyway, I opened it up in that moment, as we were singing and declaring that song, the atmosphere was electric. And the Lord gave me this scripture that I had, I'd probably read it before, but I didn't, it didn't, it, that moment it lifted off the page. I'm gonna open with that scripture today as we talk about open heavens. Isaiah 64 <clears throat> verse one says this, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would tear open the heavens, that you would come down that the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down and the mountains shook at your presence. If ever there's a time in the earth where we need God to tear open the heavens again, it's right now. Mountains in scripture always speak of kingdoms, governments, or institutions that have hardened themselves against God. The Bible says when he shows up, when he opens the heavens, the shaking occurs and begins to shake those foundations and those entities and institutions and remind them that God is God. Finally, I want to weave in Ephesians 5 today from the Amplified, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that, remember, in everything that God does, there's purpose. So Bible, you know, this is is an often quoted text about marriage, and it should be, But the example is that Christ, that Jesus, the anointed one in his anointing, he gave himself up for the church 
so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Did you know that every time you come to church and you hear a now word, you're getting a shower for your spirit, shower for your soul. You may not realize it, but your, your soul can get funky just like your body can. And we need that washing. Having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things that she might be holy and faultless. A lot of people wondering what's going on right now in the world. Did God forget us? Is God taking a nap? I submit to you the primary thing he's doing right now is purifying his bride. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart? Let your word penetrate all the hardness of all the junk that we deal with in our own lives, in our own world, in our own minds. Holy Spirit, come and quicken us by teaching and preaching to us about your power. Come and manifest your presence in this place. And we pray for every church in Ocala, Gainesville, in the villages, and this whole area in between. We pray for every church that lifts up Jesus today to experience an open heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been saying the Christian life was never designed to be easy or passive or boring. Our king is described as the Lion of Judah. As we said last week, lions are wild, untamed, ferocious, bold, and strong. When Jesus followed his heavenly directive in water baptism, heaven opened, the Holy Spirit manifested in power and landed on Jesus filled him. And God the Father spoke audibly, affirming the identity of his son in joy and in fatherly pleasure. A father's pride is not an evil pride. A father's pride is a pride that, that swells in heart that God has even over you, whether you realize it or not. This month we're talking about two main things, open heavens and strengthening your identity in Christ. For those of you that may be newer to things of God, some of you may need a reminder, some of you may be fresh, even if you've been around the church, around the kingdom for a long time. But the Bible talks about spiritual atmospheres. There are some spiritual atmospheres where God is welcome and others where he's not. Think about Abraham and Hebron um, welcomed God, had a relationship with God, walked around that area claimed it for God, and every place that the soles of his feet walked, he, he knew it was his in the name of God. But he gave his nephew, who was a lot of trouble, that's why his name was Lot. <laughs> Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah, a place of evil, a place of darkness, where God was not welcomed. And the Bible talks about the atmospheres and the contrasting atmospheres of those places. These atmospheres form spiritual climates. If there's ever climate change that's needed more than just global warming discussions, it's a spiritual climate change, a place where God is welcome. 
Climates form strongholds of either good or evil, either godliness or demonic activity. The word says that the earth is the Lord's and everyone who dwells in it. And for every continent, nation, state, territory, city, town, neighborhood, even household, there is a redemptive purpose assigned by God. Everything that God does has purpose. The Bible says about Jesus going to the cross and coming to the earth in the first place, living a sinless life, going to the cross, dying a, a, a death for which he did not earn or deserve, and then resurrecting, rising up, and ascending to the power of, of the right hand of God. The Bible says in, in toward the end of the, old, of the New Testament, it says this, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Everything that God does, everything that Jesus did, had purpose. In, in his first day, when he got up and spoke his mandate, said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the broken, to the poor in spirit, the poor in heart. When he announced his mandate, that day they said, stay here with us after they tried to kill him. <laughs> they tried to kill him and then some said, stay here. And he said, no, I have got to go to other cities also because for this purpose I've been sent. Everything that God does has meaning, has purpose. Your life has meaning, has purpose. You're not here by accident. Even if someone told you that you never should have been born or that you were an accident or that you were, that you were a mistake and you were, you're a reminder of the mistakes of somebody's past. Let me tell you something. You're not a mistake in the heart of God. You're not a mistake in the eyes of God. No matter how you came to being here, you are not a mistake. God loves you. His hand is on you. I read something the other day. It said, you know why God loves you? He loves you because he loves you. Everything, every place has a redemptive purpose assigned by God. I want to read you a verse. It's powerful. Acts 17, 26, Paul is preaching and said, and God has made from one blood. Everybody say one blood. How many know one blood, one blood right there? He's talking about, he's made from one blood, every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Racism has no power because our God created every race, every purpose from one blood. And he assigned, look at this. He, he made from one blood, every nation, every nationality, every ethnos, every ethnic group of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. God gave every place purpose and boundaries for a reason. When human authorities, especially church and church leaders, welcome the God of heaven to dwell and move in their midst, when, they, when people grope for God, cry out for him, and give their hearts to God, in effect, they open heaven and create portals through which the Holy Spirit can move in power. And the more openings we have as individuals or as families, the more open a territory becomes. Open heaven, it's important to realize. However, as some choose to ignore God's redemptive purpose and dedicate their places or shift them to something or someone other than the Lord, they begin to pervert or twist their purpose into something dark and sinister. 
They push God away through which the Holy Spirit can move in power and they push that power away and their atmosphere shuts down to good. That's a closed heaven. Think of Haiti. Haiti, people say, well, Haiti has the worst luck. They dwell on an island with Dominican Republic called Hispaniola and yet Haiti on the one side has had more earthquakes, more destruction, more death, yet the founders of Haiti, Haiti, it literally means Hades. That nation, the founders called it hell on earth. We pray for people to be redeemed. We pray for people to be, to be set free. God's redemptive purpose was never for that to be hell on earth, but man dedicated that way. And here it is thousands of years, hundreds of years later, and you've got that place given to voodoo, witchcraft, all kinds of darkness, all kinds of perversion, all kinds of evil, closed heaven. Now, thank God, many missionaries and many people go down there and they minister. I'm willing to go down there if the Lord ever appears to me physically and tells me to go. I said that about India years ago and then a friend of mine came and sat with me at the Hilton Hotel out by the pool one day and said, I want you to go to India with me. And my wife was with me and she said, I think the Lord just appeared to you physically. <laughs> and I went, I went twice. Look at Florida. As Ponce de Leon, the first governor of Puerto Rico, was in a political battle of his life, he found a way to kind of bide his time and he decided to make a journey and look for other places in the new world. Nearing his mid-40s, he felt like he was aging quickly. And someone told him there was a land of flowers in which he could find the fountain of youth, a key to slow down that aging process. 500 years ago, Ponce de Leon, who had been on the second expedition with Christopher Columbus. My daughter-in-law was born in Ponce in Puerto Rico. I always thought that was Ponce de Leon. It was actually his great-grandson, Juan Ponce de Leon, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, something else. But at least four generations of his family became leaders in Puerto Rico and Florida. <clears throat> Is it a coincidence that 500 years later, people come from all over the world to rest here, to have recreation here, and to many to age well or retire? The redemptive purpose of God for our state is the fountain of youth. It is the fact that he renews our youth like the eagles, that he redeems us from destruction, that he causes us to have a quality of life even as we get older and are about to have another birthday. I'm so glad God called me to Florida. What if Orlando was designed by God Before the ancient of days, what if it was designed by God to be a place for family joy in harmony with heaven's favor? What a great purpose. 
But what happens if the enemy pollutes and perverts that into obsessive entertainment and carnal pleasure? And what if the powers that be begin to dedicate themselves instead of giving clean fun to families, perversion and sin? Closed heaven. Closed heaven results when we become lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. But strong churches raise up strong people to become leaders in their own spheres of influence. And I submit to you that that is a key to opening the heavens, to open up heaven in a community, in a city, in a town, in a village. Strong churches, not just one church, strong churches raise up strong people to become leaders in their own spheres of influence. We're gonna revisit that later in the month after Easter. Strong leadership churches equals open heaven and weak devil. Strong heaven, open heaven, and weak devil. Did you know at one time, three of the largest, of the 10 largest churches in the world were located in one city, Seoul, South Korea. One of the keys was a place called Prayer Mountain, where my pastor, my former pastor went. It was acres and acres of small grottos where thousands of people came every day in South Korea to seek God, to, to have warfare prayer, to, to invite God in, to, to bind up spirits of darkness, to break the powers of hell, and to invite the God of heaven into South Korea, a place right near nuclear bombs in the north that wanted to destroy it. You lead a full gospel church, pastored by the late David Youngie Cho, went from 20 people in 1957. By 2008, that church was, the membership was listed at 870,000. One church. And there were two other churches in the same city that were in the hundreds of thousands. The prayer life was so strong that when they opened the service in Yoida Full Gospel Church, when they opened the service with prayer, a roar erupted every week into the atmosphere, so vibrant, so strong, so loud, that they had to ring a huge bell to get people to stop praying. Can you imagine? The atmosphere open. The scriptures reveal certain openings between heaven and earth. In fact, the Bible <clears throat> mentions entrances, doors, windows of heaven, gates of heaven or gates of hell. The very first mention of the word church or the concept of church was the word in Hebrew Bethel, Bethel, the house of God. When Jacob encountered God in Genesis 28 verse 12, he was out on his own for the first night and it says in verse 12, he dreamed a dream and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on that ladder. When he wakes up, it says in verse 16, Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. 
And he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than Bethel, the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. My friends, the church of Jesus Christ is to be more than a religious building where we go and, and listen to boring lectures. It should be a place where we encounter the very presence of the manifestation of the Son of God. Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence, anything can happen. In his presence, miracles occur. In his presence, lives are changed from death to life. Dreams are open. Visions expanded. God can move. In the New Testament, we see the parallel passage. You know, <clears throat> you gotta let the Bible interpret the Bible. You always have to let the Bible interpret the Bible. If you read it long enough and deeply enough, and the Holy Spirit quickens you, you'll see different things. I saw a scripture this week I'd never seen before and thought, wait a minute, that's right out of Genesis 28. John chapter one, verse 51, Jesus is talking to a young man named Nathaniel. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. My friends, the house of God is the place of the opening, the gateway of heaven, and Jesus is the ladder. Jesus was the dream. Jesus is who he saw at the house of God in manifested presence, forming a stairway to heaven, if you will, pardon the pun. Cue Led Zeppelin, no, no, no. And as we wind on down the road, no. Church is the place to encounter his presence. Church is not the place to just go and, and, and just kind of do your time. Kind of put in your, you, I, I did God a favor this way. Hey, I went to church. Woo, you got a cookie. That's great. We hope you come to church but it's about the reason. The reason is not just to get your needs met either. As we have for next week for Easter Sunday, it's a day we all get to serve others. It's a day when we encounter his presence for the purpose of others encountering his presence. My wife and I have been driving around the community a little bit and seeing some of the new housing developments, praying over them, saying, Lord, that's, this is close to our church. This is this is our territory. Reveal, bring these people to our church. Bring these people into church. We claim this neighborhood for God. We just prayed again last night for it. We claim this neighborhood for God. We, we, we declare that this place is, is open and these people are gonna receive the Lord. We pray when we walk around our neighborhood. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for their marriages. We pray for their finances. The Bible says pray that you may have a peaceable life on the earth. Part of your peace is that your neighbors have peace. Part of your breakthrough is your neighbors access the presence of God and become saved, become changed, become new creatures in Christ for themselves. Church is the place where hard hearts can come in and be worn down a little bit over time by the water of the word. The water of the now word begins to penetrate some of those hearts. Even now as I'm speaking, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 
verse 1 through 14, prophesies all these great blessings on those who do two things. Listen to God and obey him. If you diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and obey his commands, I shall do these things and open these things over your life. And he begins to talk about all these great blessings from verse 1 to 14. I like to stop at verse 14. Because verse 15 through 68 talks about the curses that are described in great detail on those who harden their hearts from the Lord and push him away or turn away from him. It even talks about maybe you had an open heaven, maybe you had that opening, maybe you had those blessings and suddenly you begin to harden your heart a little at a time through sin. Life happens, doesn't it? You go through something, start blaming somebody, you hold that unforgiveness, that little resentment tries to get in, that hardness of your attitude begins to creep in subtly. The problem is when you have a closed heaven, it, it perpetuates, it, it, it keeps going. Deuteronomy 28, 23 describes an atmosphere for those who've hardened themselves from God. Look at what it says, verse 23. <clears throat> and your heavens, your heavens, your heavenly atmosphere, your experience with heaven, your heavens which are over your head shall become bronze and the earth which is under you shall be iron. My friends, have you ever been in a place where you felt like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling? Like nobody's listening? The Bible says, beware in those moments. Repent. Don't live without the presence of God. Don't accept that closeness, open it up. When, when, when your prayers bounce off the ceiling and nothing is being produced in your life, you need to open heaven by listening to God again. Lord, talk to me. Lord, show me. Lord, tell me, what did I do? What do I need to do? How can I get this right? What do I need to do? I, I, I don't want heaven closed. I want heaven open. And when God gives you some clarity, just do what he said to do. In an open heaven, God's presence is close, perceptible, and easy access. Prayer becomes easier and more free, and revelation knowledge flows. These are elements of revival. We, all, we pray for revival around here, but revival is, is the opening of heaven, maybe this much, that becomes this much, that becomes this much, that becomes this much. Revival is real. Awakenings are real. I'll tell you from experience, when you're leaning into God and you're praying, prayer gets easier. When, you, when, you're, when your prayer life is prayer on the run, prayer in the midst of just busyness and you just kind of go through the motions, you might as well be doing your Hail Marys and your Our Fathers. But when you're leaning into God, when you're pressing into him and you're needing him. Listen, God wants to be desired. He just wants to be sought. Like all of us in our humanity, in the God way, the God image we were created in, 
We just want to be desired, don't we? Don't we just want to be loved and desired? Don't want to be, we don't want to be somebody in somebody's way. We want to be desirable. God said, seek me. Those who seek me will find me. As long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. In the seeking of God, heaven opens. And the more you pray, and the stronger you pray, the easier prayer is. That's why the enemy hits you with all kinds of stuff to try to break that flow. But it's curious, look what it says. Isaiah 55 verse six, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Well, wait a minute, I thought he's omnipresent. I thought he's everywhere at once. Well, he is. What's he talking about? Atmospheres, moments of God encounters, moments where God call upon him while he's near. Well, isn't he theologically always near? Yes, he is, but he's not always manifested right near you, not because of him, but because of you, because of me. Seek him while he may be found. When is he gonna be found? When you seek him? Jeremiah said, when you seek the Lord with all your heart, You'll find him. He'll reveal himself to you. Why does the word talk about, talk about his proximity if he's everywhere? Because at certain times, God is poised to act on behalf of his kids. There are moments, the Bible calls them kairos moments, God time, God's timing. Kairos moments where God wants to move in. It's a, it's a set time where something is supposed to happen, where God wants them, where God is wanting someone to seek him, looking for someone. The Bible says he looks to and fro to look for someone whose heart is looking for him. He's searching, he's looking, he's believing. He's with you and he's poised to act on behalf, on your behalf. As I said a couple of weeks ago, we've got to take hold of a proper understanding of God's sovereignty. God is sovereign, but he sovereignly chose to give man, humanity, relationship, and access to his presence and his power and his will. While we act like we're waiting for him, he's often waiting for us. The Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. It's implied that when you back away from God, he's backing away from you. Not because he wants to, but because he didn't make you a robot. He didn't make you a pre-programmed computer and say, this is what you have to do. He didn't give you AI, artificial intelligence. Some people, he didn't give much. But anyway, he, he, he gave you your intellect, your intelligence, your will. And when you say, let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life as it is in heaven, you begin to open heaven just a little bit. The Lord works in, with, and through people. I wanna tell you what I believe is destroying our world right now is people and churches and leaders coming out of COVID looking for business as usual religiosity, nominal Christianity, 
Nominal Christianity will not open the heavens in this season. It's a partnership. I just, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. I heard recently that a, one local pastor in our community just recently said to some of his people, we're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit here. We're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit here. No, no, that's not what we're doing. Not in this church. And I want to say, I prayed for that church and that leader right then. But I'm telling you, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit here because we need him more than we've ever needed him. We need his life. We need his word. We need his power. We need his revelation. We need miracles. We need miracles. We believe that God still does miracles. He's alive. He's mighty, but he doesn't do them because we're nice religious folk that sit up straight and wear a suit and tie on a Sunday morning. God will not overrule the authorities of earth. If a pastor makes that kind of statement, first of all, he's a fool. And I say that with love. I'm not trying to, listen, we've all been in moments where we said something dumb. I'm chief among them. But I have never and will never quench the Holy Spirit or push him out or try to go with my agenda for a service. We are hungry and we are thirsty for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and nothing else will satisfy the people of deep and abiding faith. No religious head games are going to be the answer. This is resurrection season and we need his resurrection power right now. We need to revive our prayer lives once again like rivers of living water flowing out of your belly. Strong prayer is crucial to an open heaven and the wild waters that flow through us and through the river of God, his house will open up things that have been closed off for years. Years ago, we had the pleasure of visiting Niagara Falls a few times. Beautiful area, anybody been to Niagara Falls? Beautiful area. For some reason, God gave the Canadians the most beautiful part. We have one Canadian over here that says amen. Yeah. <laughs> On the Canadian side, when you take the uh, boat tour and you hear the, all the talk about everything, they take you up by the top at one point in the tour. And they say that it used to be, Niagara Falls used to be much bigger. The granite has been worn down over the years, like an inch or two every year or two. It's now way shorter than it used to be. It's, it's as if the Niagara Falls are going all the way back to Canada. Of course, everything else is being held in Canada right now, so you might as well stay there too. Niagara Falls is proof that living water can wear down even the hardest places, the hardest atmospheres. Thick granite has no power if the water's moving. Thick granite is powerless. It whittles away. It loses its strength because water has the power. Finally, this. Second Chronicles 7.13, most everybody knows 7.14. 7.13 says this, when God says, 
If I shut up heaven, if I shut up heaven, he was talking previously about their sin and pushing God away. If I shut up heaven, God says, so that no rain falls or no water flows, or if I command locusts to devour the land or allow the pestilence or sin pestilence among my people, and this is what we know, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. I love this is the amplified, this is the reason for it. My people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face. Seek, crave, and require of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. In other words, I'll open heaven and heaven's vault of blessing again. My friends, let's open the heavens with our praise. Let's open the heavens with our faith. Let's open the heavens with our obedience to the will of God. Let's open the heavens and see the kingdom of God move into action. This is Holy Week coming up. This is the greatest opportunity to invite people to church that would never consider coming to church. Why are we building this new building out here? Because we're building for those who don't even know us yet. We're building for those new neighborhoods of people that may or may not know God, maybe in churches where the Holy Spirit isn't welcome, and say, I need more. I need more. Let's see lives changed even next Sunday, even today. Let's see people who've not even considered God in their lives suddenly become interested and then obsessed with finding out the truth for themselves. Let's lift up the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let him arise and shine his glory in and through us. Let's pray together. Father, we love the atmosphere when you come in. Holy Spirit, as always, we want you to be welcome in this place. Be welcome in this place every time someone comes in the room. This place is nothing unless you come in the room. But when we come in welcoming you, seeking you, craving you, of necessity, trying to find your face to see you, to seek you. Lord, would you open heaven in our community, in our neighborhoods that are represented here, over every family, every household. Lord, today we pray a a, a prayer of rededication of our homes. We declare the blood of Jesus over every home. As we talk about the Passover this week, we declare the blood of Jesus over the doorposts and over the windows of every home, every house represented in this room and everyone in this community that's watching in our online campus right now in the name of Jesus. Every place, the soles of your feet will tread. God gave it to you, but you gotta walk around it in faith. You gotta declare it. We want an open heaven over your house, over your marriage, over your children, over your children's children. We wanna see his blessing. We wanna see his grace. We wanna see an outpouring of his favor. We wanna see a blessing on your job. Maybe you go to work a few minutes early this week before anybody else gets there if you can. And just pray quietly. Say, God, in this business, would you open heaven 
over this place, open heaven, over this agency, over this open heaven, over my office, over my factory, over my warehouse, open heaven over my store, open heaven over my life and over everyone in this place. Because my friend, you are carriers of the kingdom of God and his power will manifest every place you invite him to go. He's not separate from your job. He's not separate from your house, your home life, your driving. He wants to be manifested every place you go. Become an agent this week of his glory and of his power. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, maybe someone here today needs a miracle. Maybe there are those here today who have been so beaten down by life. I pray for those that are hurting. I pray for that person who was abused physically. I pray for that young person who was abused verbally and berated in their past. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come manifest the love of Jesus, the power of God the Father in that heart and in that life. Let there be forgiveness, let there be repentance, let there be healing in that heart. Instead of pushing everyone away and pushing God away out of some defense mechanism, we pray today, God, that you would penetrate that hardened area where that person has been brutalized or vandalized in some way. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm, God wants to heal that trauma. He wants to heal that traumatic memory, that abuse, that molestation, that pain from your past, that moment where you felt like you lost control so you decided to control your life, your world tightly for yourself and close down your heart. We say to you in the name of Jesus, be open today. Be open today. Heart open, heart open as heaven opens. Heart open. Jesus, as you remove the stone from the tomb 2,000 years ago, would you remove that stony blockage in those hearts today. In the name of Jesus. Because of the sensitivity of what I'm sensing in my heart, I'm not gonna have you raise your hand today or call you out, but I wanna say to you, we wanna help you. God loves you. His presence is here for you. And in his presence is what you've been needing. In his presence is what you've been looking for. Don't push him away. Invite him in right now. Just wherever you are, wherever you are, hearing the sound of my voice, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Forgive me. I choose to forgive and release the past. My friend, in releasing the past, you're not condoning what that person did to you. You're just releasing yourself from the bondage to it. Forgiveness is a miracle and forgiveness is right now. It's right now. It's right now. It's right now. 
It's right now. said in the red book of Revelation to the church behold I give you the key of David and you will open things that no one can close and you will close things that no one can open the key of David praise thanksgiving, worship honor the connection between heaven and earth Jesus is the ladder he's the way, the truth, the life he is the open heaven Amen? Did you get something today? Put your hands together if you got something. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.